Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsors. When I first went into business, I found out in a hurry that it was lonely at the top. If you're a CEO or business owner and you're feeling lonely at the top, then I'd like to invite you to join us at our Action Coach membership community. It's a community of like-minded business owners that help each other, build each other up, sometimes push and pull each other. If you'd like to learn more, just reach out to me at billgilliland.actioncoach.com, book a session, and I'll give you all the details. Welcome to this week's episode of Epic Entrepreneurs, powered by Action Coach Growth Partners. You likely went into business to have more freedom and flexibility so that you could spend more time with your family, do more things or travel or enjoy your hobbies or whatever it is that you like to do in your spare time. We're here to help you find better ways to make more money, build better teams, and get that time back so that you can have that freedom and flexibility. We'll help you simplify things and make sense of business, investing, and wealth building so that you can be epic and achieve all your dreams and goals. And now, enjoy the show. Good morning. Uh, We're Josh and Tony Warren, owners of Warren Restoration, Warren Disposal, 1-800-BOARD-UP, and now One Tom Plumbing of Asheville. Plumber. One Tom Tom Plumber Plumber. of Asheville. And TLC Service Group. So that's five. That's five businesses. So let's talk about how you got into business in the first place. How'd that happen? I got into restoration after the last uh, recession. Uh, No one was hiring after I got laid off. Um, I fell into it. Someone gave me a shot as a mitigation technician uh, when we were living down in Tampa, Florida. Um, so I kind of fell in love with it. I've always been into the science end of things. Um, so I, I like there's not just as simple as, you know, kind of going clean. The cleaning process is um, there's a little more science in it than just going and wiping something off the walls or, you know, setting up a fan to dry something out. So that, that's kind of what attracted me to it. So you started working for somebody else. How did you decide to go into your own business? Um, I've always been part of uh, a family-owned business growing up. And, you know, I like like kind of being my own boss and setting my own destiny. Um, some days I regret that decision. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the opportunity to build something and, and make it great and make it our own and set our own rules and culture and make sure we're providing the service that we expect to be provided to us. Awesome. So, Tony, you got sucked into this or how, how did that happen? Exactly. <laughs> I had been in hotel and then property management, didn't love it, um, didn't really know what I wanted to do. And Josh asked if I wanted to help out with this. And I said, sure. I jumped in uh, both feet. I am not by nature an entrepreneur. I kind of got sucked in, dragged along, maybe um, thought unrealistically, I'd help get it started. And then we'd hire an admin and fill my spot. But when you start something from the ground up with your partner, um, you know, it's it's a lot different than just a job like I had only had before. So I kind of caught the bug. Um, we're certainly proud of what we built and wanted to stay on and um, help out within the company and the community as most we could. So I, I've and obviously stayed on and <laughs> uh, through growing it to what it was. We started in Josh's hometown in Big Stone Gap, Virginia, and then we moved down here in 2015. And I think that's really when we saw growth and uh, it became what it was probably because Hendersonville reflects more of who we are. And um, 
what we are. So gave us that opportunity to grow into what it is now. That's awesome. So what, why'd you move? How'd you, how'd you get to Hendersonville? My parents came here. Uh, we knew they were coming. That was part of the reason it made it easy to head down to Virginia. That's not, his hometown isn't too far from here, but visiting them, we, the first time we visited, they took us to lunch on main street and we were sitting outside and just, you could not only see, but feel the sense of community and just the businesses, you know, there's, there weren't chains around. You can just tell there's support for the local mom pop and how valuable that is here to people. Um, it just immediately, I don't know, felt like home and somewhere we wanted to be. So probably took about a year from there, but we started making moves to come this way. So yeah, it does have a good vibe. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about that. So it's cool. All right. So you started in restoration and you built up. So there, there were obviously been some wins and some learnings in there along the way. So let, let's talk, I mean, what, what would you consider like a win or two? Let's talk about the good stuff first. we've been able to grow i think that's a huge win for us even through the pandemic um we were able to retain our our key staff uh and build on top of what we had started prior to the pandemic um i think as of this week we have 35 people under our service group um so it's it's amazing that the community's been behind us and supported us and you know just being involved with it has has helped us grow yeah, I think a win was being an essential service through the pandemic. Um, it was one of those eye-opening moments, you know, when we realized we were responsible at the time for 20, 22 people's, you know, food on their table. So we had to kind of figure out how we were going to pivot and continue on. And, um, you know, a lot of our employees couldn't lose hours. It just wasn't an option, but we were essential. Um, our services were still needed. So we were able to keep plowing through. Um, I also think, I don't know if it's a win, but like a, a tool was we were able to set our pride aside a little from the beginning and say, we got to bring in people to help us do what we're not the best at or what we don't know about. So we've always worked with consultants from out the gate, um, even if it's just, you know, an outsourced bookkeeper because QuickBooks wasn't my forte. Um, and I think they kind of helped us keep a um, macro view of things and eyes wide open and help us see where opportunities were if we wanted to take advantage of them and how we wanted to. It's kind of how we started as Warren Restoration and um, acquired and morphed into these other opportunities because it was just a better way to operate. We saw opportunities and can maximize on it. And I think a lot of that was help from objective points of view outside <laughs> to help us see it and talk mm-hmm. through it. Yeah, it's really hard to see what's going on when you're on the field, right? Mm-hmm. That's why they have that offensive coordinator up in the mm-hmm. up in the booth at football games, right? Because they can get a different viewpoint of things. So, well done on uh, bringing in outside people to help you with that. I think that's uh, I think that's a great lesson. So, let's move on to lessons. So, you've had some challenges along the way. What what are some of the what are some of the challenges? And what are some of the lessons you've learned from both the wins and the challenges? Off the top, it probably relates back to the same, not not bringing in the right consultant at the right time. Um, trying to learn from our mistakes a little faster than what we do. Sometimes I tend to be a little stubborn. 
Um, so <laughs> setting my ways for certain things, but you know, it's one of those, you got to tell me something let, let me marinate on it and then process it. And then we can move forward. Um, but I think that's probably one of the biggest things is not bringing in the right consultant at the right time. And when things do happen, not taking it personally, you know, we very intentionally put our last name on the company and sometimes, you know, we hold so deep in that it's hard to not take things personally when they do happen. Um, I think also along with consultants is just staff staffing is mm. always tricky. Um, managing people. We have similar management styles, which isn't always the best. Sometimes it's good when you can compliment each other. Um, so again, learning, we, one of our consultants helps with um, on the HR side, but also leadership development and helping get systems and structures in place. And it wasn't all that natural for Josh and I. So um, seeing kind of the hard way that we needed those and how to get them in place and then retrain ourselves and create new habits uh, to pass down to um, through the company and the organizational structure and our staff. So of course, staffing itself, I think is still a headache for everyone. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, obviously we've had to adapt to different situations. It sounds like you guys have adapted fairly quickly and fairly well along the way to uh and made and made and made decisions i I think that's uh i think that's a i think that's a great lesson for everybody out there so you go from you build up the restoration business when did when did it become evident to you that you wanted to do more like you wanted to have these other businesses or did they just show up looking at our numbers with a consultant and josh couldn't believe what I'll be very candid and open here, <laughs> what we were spending on um, waste removal. Yeah. So he got on the computer and he looked up what a truck and some bins cost and he said, let's do this. <laughs> so it right. kind of started just to feed ourselves and protect our bottom line. Um, but that's how he thinks that serial entrepreneur and he saw that opportunity. And um, so war and disposal happened. Uh, gosh, was that 2020? 2017. Oh, 2017. Um, the repair side of what we do, we realized was such a different beast and a different mindset for our clients. We separated that out. Just the clear division was a lot easier in-house and for clients. Um, so that's how that kind of came about. And it's not something we market or put out separately. It really just kind of takes foreign restorations jobs sure. and yeah. it's well right now for that. We saw the opportunity when, when Josh was working for someone else in Rhode Island, um, they had a s similar, uh, service as the 1-800-BOARD-UP franchise that we bought into. So he he just doing what we do and seeing fires and families in the situation that they're in, uh, he kept thinking about that and reached out to them. And um, we dove into that in 2016, 2017. Or, yeah, late 2016, early 2017. And that, um, we probably don't talk about that enough either, but no. uh, we have an amazing Hopefully team. Hopefully not. <laughs> what they definitely not. <laughs> yeah, our, it took us a while to find the, the current staff. They started at the beginning of the pandemic, right at the shutdown. So they, the two that we have now, Amanda and Raymond Govern, have uh, had a rough go at it. Um, but they've they've had an amazing start to this year and last year. They they came on strong, and their community involvement has been fantastic. 
they were able to sponsor a rodeo last weekend for the <laughs> first responders. Um, our, our guys went out and volunteered to help with anything they needed. So it's, it's pretty amazing what they've accomplished with even through the pandemic. Yeah. And that service allows us to, to bridge the gap. Um, well, it allows us to work with the fire department. 1-800-BOARD-UP can work with them and help secure a home, get it boarded up, but also the victim assistance and it, fires typically happen in the middle of the night and you might run out right. without shoes, your car keys. So they can bring them to Walmart and get the essentials and get them set up in a hotel, tell insurance or Red Cross or whomever else may be able to step in. Um, and then, you know, possibly we get a job from that connection. So We were able to bridge the gap from the Red Cross during the pandemic for a lot of homeowners. The Red Cross was having trouble getting volunteers. Mm-hmm. So we allowed our, our people to a little bit of leeway to go get these people squared away in hotels. They've made um, <clears throat> connections with local vendors so that we get special rates for the hotel stays and things. So it's been been really great to see the community kind of get behind that program. Yeah. And what our directors have done, they've done a great job. Yeah. So it seems like the businesses have just sort of been natural along the way. I mean, the, obviously the prayer business was part of the other business. Um, the remodeling piece of it once the once the, once the restoration once you got it dried out or whatever or re, redone that makes that makes sense the other stuff just seems like just just good smart taking advantage so you must uh so you just act on these ideas or are you if you said you kind of like to marinate it for a while but it sounds like once it's marinated you're like boom i'm on it is that kind of how it happens or or what would you say about that usually um I come from a, my, my dad is a contractor in Virginia still, and he still has his plumbing and HVAC license, electrical license there. Um, so I, I know of the trades and I, you know, we, we work with a lot of them here. Um, and just the need that we have on our side sometimes outweighs the, the, the local supply, if you will. Um, so we're trying to bring those guys in-house when we can, where we can, just to help obviously feed our bottom line, but also provide a service for, for others. Um, I think we used to joke that um, Josh was the dreamer and I was the grounder. And I said, I'm, I think he's starting to bring me up <laughs> to a little bit more of the dreamer. He would have an idea and I think I'd kind of swat it down or bring it down to, to earth a little more quickly. But, um, you know, I see the possibilities now and, the most recent addition to the family, the plumbing company, um, it was easier. Uh, well, and, and honestly, we used to think a certain way about franchises, but this is our second one and the value they bring is unbelievable. Um, yep. Again, it's a natural feeder for our existing business, but it's it's fun to be a part of that other culture and it just helps our other businesses to see a well-structured um, <laughs> system like that. And uh, I, I think we we hash things out well together and really have to play as a team to figure it out. But the idea is usually Josh's. <laughs> yeah. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, the, the, the husband wife team thing is there's a, there's a dynamic there, right? You got the home situation, you got the business situation. How, how have y'all navigated that? It wasn't easy. It's ever changing. <clears throat> we have is. to keep reevaluating and looking at it and it's easy to, swing from one end to the other. Like I used to try and put my foot down and say, you know, no talking about work at home. And then realized I was, I, it was easy to forget 
like there's some gray area there. It's not black and white. A lot of people come home from their job and they get 20 minutes or so to talk about their day and to at least allow that. So we've set ground rules around, um, you know, not not talking about specifics, not getting in the weeds on a date night because it's <laughs> too easy to do. Um, but we can talk grand scheme and mm-hmm. those ideas that are marinating and it, it's going to bleed from one into the other. Um, and again, like our team is family too. So it's kind of natural, but it's, it's not easy. You have to always look at and set boundaries. Um, I, I don't recommend it to just anyone, to be honest. <laughs> definitely, definitely tell for early on when it was just the two of us, like doing all the things um, as we've grown, it's gotten, gotten easier. And now our, our date night conversations are taken up with the kids activities more than solo work. So. Yeah, this has allowed me to be um, at least a part-time stay-at-home mom, which is amazing. So I get to split my time between the two. And again, that was a new shift we were able to work out together, and um, that's helped. Well, good on you for actually having date nights. I know some (laughs) some couples that are in business, that that just doesn't happen. So, uh, yeah, well, well, yeah, I think it's having some ground rules. You know, they're going to, like you said, they're they're, going to be great. So... Interesting stuff. Let me let me. Uh, you know, Epic is an is a uh, acronym and uh, stands for Education, Planning, Inspiration, and Commitment. So let me get you. I just sort of a quick fire round. Just give me your thoughts on the importance of education in in growing your business. I I, I can't stress that enough to our guys. We're constantly trying to find training things for them to go to and do, especially on the mitigation side of things. It's an ever evolving. Uh, industry, uh, the standard of care changes about every three to four years. So it's important to us to stay on top of that. Um, during the pandemic and the shutdown, we brought a trainer in twice to train our whole staff on water mitigation and trauma scene cleanup just to kind of keep our skills sharp while we're slow. Um, but anytime these guys bring something to me and they want to go and they're passionate about it, we set a goal for them to do so. It's an industry, interesting industry. Um, I think from the beginning, we kind of told ourselves, while we would honor tradition, we also want to embrace innovation, um, bring new things in, never be too proud to say, well, we've always done it this way. You know, as, as our team learns and discovers something new, we want to implement it. But just educating people about the industry, too. Um, you know, Josh said he got into it in 2008. He wasn't the only one. We saw a lot of contractors um, see that it was recession proof and that they could get into it. And when you're not educated or certified certain ways, you know, it can, it can go awry. I think the industry kind of got a bad um, reputation. So we've had a little bit of that to battle. So we're just trying to educate um, the community and our clients on what really we're doing and why, uh, you know, we, Yep. Well, does have health hazards. We're not just drinking the Kool-Aid. So just try th- those kind of things as well. Um, and then also within our team, like Josh said, that's just so huge. Perfect. Yeah. No, I like it. You got it both ways, both uh, educating your clients and your team. And I think that's important both ways and educating yourselves, obviously. How about the importance of planning? <laughs> well, our, our industry is uh, a little different. We can't plan for emergencies. So our, the best planning we can do is be ready when the phone rings to help out the homeowner in whatever situation is that they were presented with, whether it's water or a fire or a you know, trauma scene cleanup. Um, as long as my guys' trucks are ready and prepped to go, you know, that, that's the best planning that we can do to help out as quickly as possible. Yeah, you can yeah. still be prepared. And what, what do they say? A politer way to say it, but... Um, proper planning 
prevents poor performance. So yeah. and be yeah. as prepared as we can and um, be ready to go. <laughs> Yeah, you got to be ready to go when the call comes. I get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got it. How about inspiration? Where do y'all find inspiration? We we try to dig within our, ourselves. Sometimes it's tough, like the grind of our guys being in cross spaces for the seventh day in a row. Um, I, I try to bring some Maxwell stuff to them, just a little comments and quotes here and there. Um, my favorite thing for us is like, are we lions or are we gazelles? And I'd have to remind them that we're the lions, you know, so we got to get out there and we got to be prideful of our work and continue to do the right thing. Um, just don't let down your guard cause you're tired and just keep pushing forward. Josh has always been an athlete. So I think you get a lot of inspiration from that team. You know, everyone has their own job that they have to do well, but it's together collaboratively as a team that we get the end result and the win. I think that's been a lot of your inspiration um, for me and for us, our own families, um, other people in the industry. We're part of a national network that connects people who do what we do and we can see how and what they're doing. social media and technology can have some perks. You can be mm-hmm. tapped in in that way too. So I like to see what actual people on our level have achieved and, and let that inspire us. So, Yeah. It's good to see what other people are up to. How about commitment? If you're in business, you got to make a pretty big commitment here. What's the importance of commitment? <laughs> Look at me. It's, it's everything. It um, he looks at me because, you know, in the shifts with, how, how we work together as a team, you know, our own family uh, and this family, you know, my, my, not necessarily commitment, the commitment's always been there, but my focus and priorities are growing and shifting and changing. But my commitment is still, both of our commitments has to be to this business and to the people who are now in it, helping us run it. You know, we can grow and slowly start to step back and just be leaders of it. Um, if we are committed to investing in our team and, and ride, bringing them up as well. Commitment to, yeah. commitment to our staff. And I've been telling them lately that I work for them just as much as they work for me, just to ensure that, you know, if they need me, they can call me. Um, if they need help on a job, I'll be right there for them. Just making sure that they understand that, you know, I'm as dedicated as they are on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, just because I'm an owner and you may not see me as much as you used to, it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm not there for you guys. Perfect. One last question. What is something that you wish you had known or had been told before you got into business? <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> um, I, I feel like if, because we first started out, we had thought about looking into a restoration franchise before we decided to go out on our own. Um, may, maybe change that decision um, because there's a system in place, but I feel like that might have taken away from some of our, our who we are, our names on the door um, attitude. So maybe getting systems in place sooner than what we did. It was just the two of us for the first two and a half years, like grinding it out. Um, I think that's exactly it. Um, I wouldn't have done, I'm glad we started independently on our own. Like Josh did, I think that really made us who we were and let us learn the way we did. But yeah, to have looked at it, more bigger picture and long-term, you know, we kind of out the gate were um, 
just surviving <laughs> and um, taking care of our clients. And we were working in the business more than on it. So probably that starting to work on the business, mm-hmm. creating duplicatable systems that we can pass down um, probably would have made for easier onboarding for our early team members and even the clients. So yeah, more systemized out the gate, which does require working on your business, not in it. So it was hard to, to step up to that. It's a hard thing to do in the beginning. Well, this has been great. We'll have to get y'all back on. There's a lot more lessons in here, I'm sure, for, for people and a lot more learnings. Um, but thanks for being on. It's been a, it's been a, a great conversation. You've got a great story. How can people get in touch with y'all? Our website's foreignrestoration.com, phone number 828-595-4776. We really are 24-7, so anytime. Call them. Call them when you got. Call them when you got. When you when you have the need. It's awesome. Yep. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for being on. Thanks, Thank Bill. you, Bill. And until next time, all the best. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Epic Entrepreneurs. Here's four things you can do. First, you can listen every week on Biz Radio Mondays at one. Second, you can subscribe to the podcast. Hey, you get it. The more subscribers we have, the more cool things we can offer you. Three, you can also go out and give us a five-star rating everywhere. And number four, if you'd like a free copy of my book, The Coach Approach, Five Principles to Build an Epic Business, just go to giftfrombill.com. It's your roadmap to building your epic business. That's giftfrombill.com. Until next time, all the best. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.